shortest way through the main way, they may come across battle, and when they come across battle, they may decide to go back to Egypt. The title of my message today is Thoughts Shape Your Life. Thoughts shape your life. And this message or this title is lifted from the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, which reads, Be careful how you think. Be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. Here is Solomon, one of the wisest men of his time. He warns us in this verse and says, Be careful how you think because your life is shaped by your thoughts. So Solomon is saying, don't just let your mind wander. Don't just let your mind think as it wants to. Be careful how you think because your thoughts shape your life. Say to someone, your thoughts shape your life. So child of God, I'm saying to you today, be careful how you think because your thoughts shape your life. Your thoughts shape your life. Now, thoughts are very powerful. Do you know that everything that exists, everything that we see, everything that is around us, everything that we use in our daily lives, started with the thought before it came into manifestation before it came into production before it came into being what it is it was a thought in someone's mind the buildings that we see someone thought went to an architect and the architect's thought and put it down on a piece of paper he drew the plans and so we have what we have today i am married today because i met a lady by the name of kosazana i was with her for some time and at a certain time i thought i thought i should ask her to marry me it started with the thought to marry her and today i am married where did it start it started with the thought child of god be careful how you think because your life is shaped by your thoughts don't let your mind wander don't just let your mind think the way it wants to audit what you think Think about what you think because your thoughts shape your life. Your thoughts shape your life. Another thing that makes thoughts powerful is that thoughts determine your destiny. Thoughts determine your destiny. Just as the writer said here that your thoughts shape your life. So not only do they shape your life, but your thoughts determine your destiny someone wrote that sow a thought and reap an action sow an action and reap a habit sow a habit and reap a character sow a character and reap a destiny child of God so to get to a destiny it all started with sowing a thought with sowing a thought which resulted in action there is no action unless there's been thought behind it there are times when you may act because of impulse but even there there's a flash of a second there's a millisecond where there's a thought to say save and you use your reflexes to actually save but every action every action stems from a thought and the thought becomes an action that action becomes a habit that habit becomes a character that character becomes your destiny so child of God go back to Proverbs 4 verse 23 be careful how you think because your thoughts shape your life your mind is like fertile 
soil. Your mind is like a fertile field. Whatever you plant in it, whether be it good or bad, it will grow and you will harvest whatever you've sown. So your thoughts are like seeds. Your thoughts are like seeds and your mind is fertile ground. Whatever you allow to sit on it for long, whatever you keep sowing into it, you will reap that which you harvested. So child of God, don't think that by putting thoughts that are negative, you will have a positive life. No, 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 no. You are what you are because of the thoughts that you have. Someone says, you are what you are today because of the thoughts of yesterday. What you will be tomorrow is determined by your thoughts today. You are what you are today because of yesterday's thoughts, because of the thoughts you had yesterday. What you will be tomorrow is determined by your thoughts today. You are what you are because of your thoughts. Your thoughts determine your destiny. Another thing about thoughts, a thought kept too long eventually becomes a belief, eventually becomes something that you trust. A thought that is entertained, a thought that you meditate over, eventually becomes a belief. So sometimes you may take a thought, you may entertain a thought that is not true, that is not the truth of God, that is a lie that comes from the devil. You may entertain it, meditate on it, be careful because the longer you meditate on it, the more it then becomes a belief. Be careful how you think. Be careful how you think. This is coming from what God was saying about the Israelites. He was saying, I'm not going to take them the short way because they may see battle in the short way. They may come across battle in the short way and decide to go back to Egypt. Although I am leading them to the promised land, they may decide in their minds to go back to Egypt. Glory to God. Now, I was saying to you, your thoughts, if kept long enough, become your beliefs. Another powerful thing about thoughts, your thought can either draw you towards the promise or draw you away from the promise. So in this case of the Israelites, God was concerned that they may think, they may have a change of mind and walk away from the promise. I'm saying to you, child of God, be careful what you think. Because if your thoughts are not aligned with the promises of God, if your thoughts are not aligned with the truth of God, you will find yourself being drawn away from the promises of God. You'll find yourself, just like God was worried about the Israelites here, that they may in the journey come across battle and decide to go back to Egypt. If you read further in the Bible, the same story of God leading the Israelites. He led them by day with a pillar of cloud, and by evening it was a pillar of fire. So 24-7, God was with them because God had made a promise. God has made a promise to us as well. If you thought this was Old Testament material, I'm saying to you, in the book of Hebrews, we are reminded that he will never leave us nor forsake us. So I'm saying to you today, child of God, whatever is happening around us, God is still in control. God is still in charge. God knows nothing comes to God by surprise. God has never forsaken us. God is with us. I'm saying to you, God's promises are yes and amen in Christ. God never lies about his promises. His promises are yes and amen. Therefore, I'm saying to you, child of God, yes, 
God is still in control. God is still in charge. It may be painful. We may not be able to explain it. We may not be able to understand it. But I am here standing to encourage you that God is still in control. You may have lost your job. You may have lost a loved one. It is painful. It is sad. God is our comforter. Run to God for comfort. The Bible says in all things, he makes them work for those that love him and are called for his purpose. Glory to Jesus. I'm saying to you, child of God, hear me once again. God is still in control, just like he had promised the Israelites. So he now brings them to the promised land. He's led them. He's brought them to the age of the promised land, to the border, to the boundary of the promised land. And what happens there? And Moses then sends 12 spies to go and spy the promised land. For 40 days, they are buying the promised land. And they come back and give a report to Moses and to the nation, the chosen nation of God. The promises is there. They've gone there to spy. They come back and they confirm God's promises. They confirm that the land is flowing with milk and honey. The land is fertile. They come back with fruit to show Moses, to show the Israelites that truly this land that God has promised us, look at its produce, look at what it produces. It's flowing with milk and honey. However, the ten spies then say, however, the people that dwell on that land are powerful. And they continue to say their cities are large and they are fortified. And just as they continue with the giving this message, one of the two other spies, his name is Caleb, says to everyone, hey, hey, wait, 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 wait. Let us be silent. Let us Go now. Let us attack now. We are ready. We can certainly take possession of what God has promised us. And these ten men retaliate and say, no, 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 no. We cannot attack. We cannot go into the promised land. This land is with people. It is occupied by people, people that are strong, people that are more powerful than us, let us not attack. They continue to say in Numbers, Numbers 13, verse 33, they continue to say, we even saw giants. And next to these giants, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. In other words, they continue to try and convince Moses and everyone else not to go and attack because they say when they were with these giants, they felt, they felt like grasshoppers. And indeed, those giants thought they were grasshoppers. I'm saying to you, I want to just emphasize this point here, that these ten spies did not interview the giants. These ten spies did not have a conversation with the giants. What happened? I believe that these ten spies saw and thought. That is why the Bible says, even the giants thought so too. So these ten spies thought in their minds that in the face of these giants, we are like grasshoppers. That is why the Bible says they felt you cannot feel unless it started with the thought. You cannot have a feeling unless it has started with the thought. A feeling is sourced from a thought. So in other words, they thought and then they felt like grasshoppers before them. That is why they are then saying, we cannot, we cannot attack them. Caleb says, we certainly can. They are saying, we cannot. I'm reminded of 
a man called Henry Ford. He's the founder of Ford Motor Corp. And is known for having come up with a way of producing an affordable car using mass production. So before his invention, before coming up with this assembly line of mass production, cars were produced in small numbers and therefore were very expensive and could not be afforded by the middle class. So he comes, first he thinks, and then he makes, and then he develops a production line. One of his many quotes is, if you think you can do a thing, or think you can't do a thing, you are right. In other words, Henry Ford is saying, if you think you can, you are right. Also, if you think you can't, you are right. Because whatever you think, that is what you become. If I think I can, like Caleb, that is why the Lord made sure that Caleb enters the promised land. If I think I can't, like the ten spies and the rest of Israel, then you won't enter the promised land. That is why we encourage in Philippians chapter 4 verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Because if I think I can, I am right. And also, if I think I can't, I am right. Because the minute I say I can't, I create my destiny. I saw a seed and that seed of thought becomes action. If I can't, I will not even attempt. If I cannot take that kind of action, then it becomes a habit. It then becomes a character. It then becomes my destiny of going nowhere. But if I think I can, I will take the necessary action to move towards that. That is why even Henry Ford, although people at the time may have thought it was impossible for him for such a thing to ever come into reality he thought and he took action while others were watching and saying it can't happen i'm saying to you child of god be careful how you think your life is shaped by your thoughts glory to jesus caleb says we certainly can do it and the lord says about Caleb in Numbers 14 verse 24. He says, but my servant Caleb has a different attitude than the others have. Before then, God says to Moses, everyone else will not see the promised land. Everyone else who was against everyone else who allowed the devil to remove the truth that was in their mind and replace it with doubt and replace it with lies will not enter the promised land but my servant Caleb who has a different attitude than the others have he remained loyal him I will bring into the land he explored. His descendants will possess their full share of that land. Glory to Jesus. God is saying, Caleb has a different attitude. Other versions say he has a different spirit. What is attitude? Attitude is a settled way of thinking. So God is saying there's something about Caleb's thinking, his way of thinking. He thought we certainly can while these others were saying we can't. If you think you can or think you can't, you are right. What are you allowing, child of God? 
to settle in your mind? Are you allowing thoughts that are empowering or are you allowing thoughts that are disempowering you? In the Bible, I'm also reminded of a story of a woman who had had continuous bleeding for 12 years and this woman heard about the Messiah the one that heals the one that came for the poor the one that came to share the good news she heard about him and she thought my Bible says she thought that if she could come and touch the helm of his garment she would be healed and my Bible says she certainly did that if you read the Bible Matthew chapter 9 verse 21 the Bible says she thought if I can just touch his robe I will be healed her thought shaped her destiny her thought shaped her life from a thought to action her life was never the same there were many who were thinking that no 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 maybe he will not heal me and never acted but the bible says she thought that if she could just hold the helm of his garment she will be healed glory to god glory to our savior glory to our king so child of god here were these ten spies and the rest of the israelites right at the edge of the promise but they thought they thought they were like grasshoppers before the eyes of these giants it was not the giants that prevented them from getting into the promised land it was their thoughts that prevented them here is a message for someone do you know that it is probably not the hurdles not the mountains not the tasks that are before you that are preventing you from getting into the promised land from taking possession of what God has promised but it is what you've allowed to fester what you've allowed to reside in your mind that is why Solomon says be careful how you think because your thoughts shape your life these Israelites were not prevented by the giants that is why Caleb eventually entered the promised land because he had the right mindset the Bible says he was of the right attitude he had the right spirit he had the right set manner of thinking let me just also help all of us because this message is not just for you but it is for me it is for everyone the devil desires for us to think he sows seeds in us to think and feel that we are grasshoppers when God has declared us to be more than conquerors when God has raised us above and called us commanded us to dominate the world to dominate all creation through what Jesus did on the cross he reaffirmed that when God has said I've not given you a spirit of timidity I've not given you a spirit of weakness I've not given you a spirit of fear I've not given you a spirit of meekness but I've given you a spirit of power love and self-control but the devil comes and sows seeds of grasshopper mentality child of God 
if the Israelites had stuck to God's words, to God's promises, and not allowed the devil to sow seeds of grasshopper mentality, they'd have seen the promised land like Caleb. Many times along the way, God was assuring, God was promising, God was reconfirming to the Israelites that is taking them to the promised land. And in one such instance, it is found in Exodus chapter 23, verse 22 to 23, and I'll also read from 27 to 28. In 22, he says, if you listen carefully to what he says and do all that I say, I will be an enemy to your enemies and will oppose those who oppose you. My angel will go ahead of you, bringing you into the land of the Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Canaanites, Hivites, and Jebusites, and I will wipe them out. He says, my angel will go ahead of you and bring you into the land of the Ites. I will wipe them out. I will wipe them out. In verse 27, he says, I will send my terror ahead of you and throw into confusion every nation you encounter. I will throw into confusion. I will go ahead of you. This is God promising the Israelites before they actually got to the border of the promised land. He continues to promise them that I will bring confusion to your enemies. But whoever is your enemy will be my enemy. I will throw them out. And in this verse he says, I will make all your enemies turn their backs and run. I will send the hornet ahead of you to drive the ites out of your way. He will drive all of them. So God has made a promise to them. He has indicated, he has promised them that he will do that. But what do they do? When they go and spy, they don't stand on that word. They allow the devil, they allow thoughts to come into their minds Thoughts that make them feel like they are grasshoppers. Thoughts that make them inferior. Thoughts that confuse them. Thoughts that take away. Thoughts that take away God's promise. God's truth over their lives. Romans chapter 1 verse 25. In another instance, Paul says writing to the Romans they traded the truth for lies now even these ten spies even the nation of Israel traded the truth for lies that's how the devil operates the devil does not have the power to take God's promise away from you. But what the devil does, he takes the word away from you. The promise is there. When the Israelites came back, the promise was there. The promise never went away. The promised land was there. But he worked on their minds that they then turned away from the promise. That's what the devil does. He has no power to steal the promise away from you. But what he does, he takes the truth away from you. He grabs the truth and runs away with it. That is why the Bible says he takes the truth and runs away with it and leaves lies. That's how he operates. Revelation 12 verse 9 the Bible says here this great dragon the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan the one deceiving the whole world 
the one deceiving the whole world don't allow the devil to settle here don't allow the devil thoughts the seeds that the devil throws into your mind to take away the truth that is in you he is a deceiver he's done it from the beginning of days God in the book of Genesis Genesis chapter 2 verse 16 to 17 God says to Adam Adam you can eat from any of the trees from any tree here feel free to eat but the tree of knowledge of good and evil eat not from it the first time the devil shows up to men as recorded here his first remark is found in Genesis chapter 3 verse 1 a chapter later he approaches Eve in the form of a snake and he says to Eve did God really say you cannot eat from any tree see how that has changed now did God say you cannot eat from any tree when God had said I'm giving you freedom to eat from any tree except this one tree that was God's truth that was God's command but when the devil shows up he twists the story did God really say you cannot eat from any tree the devil continues to do that even today that's why I'm saying to you it is my belief that the devil can never take remove a promise that God has given to you what he does is work with your mind so that you turn away from the promise so that you don't pursue the promise because you don't believe you deserve it you don't believe it is yours Jesus says in John chapter 8 verse 44 just describing the devil Jesus says he was a murderer from the beginning he has always hated the truth the devil hates the truth and it is the truth that sets you free the devil wants you in bondage that's why he takes the truth away from you he hates the truth then he goes on to say because there is no truth in him there is no truth in him only God has the truth when he lies it is consistent with his character contrast this with God his love that is his character he's faithful faithfulness is his character the devil the side when he lies it is consistent with his character for he is a liar and the father of lies that's all the devil does he just brings lies he's a deceiver he just brings lies he turns God's truth around and if you allow it will shape your life if you allow his thoughts his seeds it will change your direction your destiny that God wants for you are you feeling like a grasshopper because that's what the devil tries to get you to are you feeling like a grasshopper because a grasshopper mentality is a mentality that says I will never overcome this addiction I will never have a relationship thought it's a thought that you think I'll never have a relationship I'm always a failure I'm always falling sick I'm always in debt I'll never come out of debt thought start a business every business I've ever started never succeeds it closes he sows seeds that are not aligned with God's promises 
over your life. I will never get out of poverty. My family has always been in poverty. You think, eventually you believe. You think, I'm always sick. Eventually you believe that you're a sickly person. You think, and always you eventually believe that you are someone in debt. You will never get out of debt. You think and you eventually believe that you are a failure in life. You think and you eventually believe that you'll never amount to anything. You think and you eventually believe that life was never meant for you. You think and you eventually believe any thought that is disempowering is not from God. Any thought that leaves you drained is not from God. Any thought that leaves you without peace, that takes away peace from you, is not a thought that comes from God. Be careful how you think because how you think what you think, your thoughts shape your mind. We need to take captive of our thoughts because our thoughts shape our lives second Corinthians chapter 10 verse 4 to 5 Paul says the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world they are not carnal on the contrary they have divine power to demolish strongholds we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ what is Paul saying here he is saying the weapons that we fight with are not blood and flesh they are of divine power for bringing down strongholds, for bringing down arguments. Now, what are strongholds? You know, strongholds in this context are, and in those days, strongholds were an area, a place that you ran to for safety. And it was in a city, and when you were under attack, you ran into the stronghold for safety. But also, a stronghold in those days was a place, a secure place for keeping prisoners. Now, the devil wants you imprisoned with his lies. He wants you in bondage with his lies. And therefore, the weapons that we have are for demolishing such strongholds, such thoughts, such beliefs that have taken us captive. Such beliefs that have taken us captive. I'm reminded of an elephant. The story goes that when an elephant is young, when it is being trained, it will be chained to a lock. And every time the elephant tries to walk away, it will feel the pain on its leg that's chained to the lock. And eventually, as it grows, it does not move much because of the pain that it has got to. So in its mind, it thinks that when the chain is here, when I move, there will be pain. And as that elephant grows up and it's then used to move logs, heavy logs to labor, and at the end of the day, it is brought back to its chain. It is brought back to its chain with the little log. It does not move because in its mind, it remembers when I was young, when I was growing up, when I moved my leg and this chain was here, it was painful and therefore it does not move. Therefore, it is held in bondage by a lie. It is held in bondage by something that doesn't exist. So are 
believers you are saved through the blood of Jesus you are more than a conqueror but somehow we still have the mentality that the devil is above us whereas the devil is under our feet we conduct ourselves as grasshoppers when we were long restored so Paul says here we need to take every thought captive we need to grab it we need to get hold of it and test it against the truth the truth of God and bring it in alignment with God's truth and if we do that we'll begin to live a life of conquerors you'll begin to live a life that is empowering what thoughts are you allowing into your mind? Are you testing those thoughts against God's word? The Israelites could have seen, could have looked at the giants and gone back to what God had promised. When God says, your enemy shall be my enemy, I will attack those giants on your behalf. That is God's truth and not what the enemy is saying or not what the devil is saying about the giants. God is going to release an angel before me. He's going to send a hornet before me to create confusion, to chase them away, to wipe them off the land and I will occupy it. Because they should have remembered that even when they left Egypt, they panicked, they were in fear. When Pharaoh and his army came after them. But God did something miraculously. They never lifted a hand to fight the Egyptians. God swallowed them in the Red Sea. Here they come across giants and they think they must now fight on their own because the devil has sown a seed when God's promise is very clear. Be careful the thoughts that you allow in your mind. Are you thinking thoughts that say I'm more than a conqueror? Are you allowing thoughts that say I have everything? God has given me everything pertaining to life and to godliness. Are you thinking thoughts that say I am a co-heir to the throne? Are you entertaining those thoughts? Are you entertaining the thought that say God shall supply all my needs according to his glorious riches in Christ. Because child of God, the more you entertain a thought, it eventually becomes something that you believe. Now what are you entertaining most of the time? Are you entertaining grasshopper mentality or are you entertaining thoughts that say I'm more than a conqueror. I am fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God in his likeness and his image. Are you entertaining thoughts that say I am the righteousness of God? Are you entertaining thoughts that say my sins are forgiven? What thoughts are you entertaining? Are you entertaining thoughts that say I was purchased. I belong to God. I am a child of God. God is going to take care of me because I am his child. Are those the thoughts that you are entertaining? Because that is the truth. The truth will set you free. The truth will empower you but the lie will disempower you the lie will lead you astray the lie will lead you away from God's promise are you entertaining the right thought Romans 12 verse 2 the Bible says that do not be conformed to this world but be transformed be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Your transformation can only come by the renewal of your mind. When Adam fell, your spirit died. And when Jesus 
died for you on the cross and you accepted Jesus on the cross. Your spirit came alive. But remember, you are a spirit with a soul living in a body and the soul has a mind. So when you receive Christ, your soul sort of remains as is. But you need to transform by renewing your mind, by renewing your mind. And then you will prove the will of God, which is good and acceptable and perfect. Glory to Jesus. As I close, how do you renew your mind? We declared this year as the year of the Holy Spirit. Not by might, nor by power, but by the Spirit of the Lord. Ephesians 4 verse 23 says, Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. You renew your thoughts by allowing the Spirit of God, by recognizing the Spirit of God, by listening to the Spirit of God, and let the Spirit of God renew your mind. Let the Spirit of God renew your attitude so that when thoughts come from the devil, you are well renewed. How else do you renew your mind? I said, firstly, you renew your mind by letting the Holy Spirit renew your mind. Secondly, you renew your mind by meditating on God's Word. Meditating on God's Word. The more of God's Word that you put in your mind, the more you are able to meditate on it the more you are able to meditate on it that is why in the book of philippians philippians chapter 4 verse 8 the bible says in conclusion my friends fill your minds with those things that are good and that deserve praise things that are true noble right pure lovely and honorable in other words let your mind meditate on such things things that are true things that are noble things that are pure things that are lovely things that are honorable fix your thoughts on those things then your mind gets renewed then your thoughts are always aligned with God here what we are then expected to is whenever a thought comes through whenever a thought comes in because child of God you cannot control thoughts that come in but you can control how long you allow a thought to stay in your mind so when a thought comes in take it through this test is this thought good when I say I'm a failure is this thought good is this thought praiseworthy when I say I can never get out of debt? Is this thought true? When I think just because I've been sick for the two winters, I'll always be sick. Is that true? Is the thought right? When I say I belong to God, that's a right thought. When I say I'm the righteous of God, that's a lovely thought. When I think I am wonderfully and fearfully made, that's a lovely thought. That's an honorable thought. Fix your thoughts on such things. Fix your thoughts on such things. Joshua 1 verse 8. God speaks to Joshua as he now instructs him to take over from where Moses left. He says, keep this book of law always on your lips. Meditate, meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. So child of God, it would appear that in as much as we are called to meditate on God's word, there are benefits that come with it. There are benefits that come with it. Then you will be prosperous and successful because your thoughts determine your life. Your thoughts determine your destiny.
if you are going to feed your mind with God's word and you meditate on it, God's word is a word that is alive. God's word is a word that is active. God's word is a word that gives life and does not steal, kill, or destroy. God's word will make sure as you meditate on it that it begins to manifest as you meditate on it you begin to speak it as you begin to speak it things begin to manifest because you have believed in them and so confess them with your mouth lastly when jesus was tempted by the devil in one of the temptations he responds by saying in matthew chapter 4 verse 4 Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. What is Jesus saying here? He's saying just like you live with bread every day, you cannot live without bread. Your spirit needs the word of God so that it can be nourished. You cannot live on bread alone, but you need to live on every word that comes from God. Therefore, meditate on God's word, child of God. As you meditate on God's word, your mind will begin to change and you'll begin to see transformation. Romans 12 verse 2, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. If you want transformation, renew your mind. And how do you renew your mind? You let the Spirit of God renew your mind. How do you renew your mind? You meditate on the things that are good. You meditate on God's Word. You keep God's Word in your mind and eventually God's Word will sink into your heart. Glory to Jesus. Child of God, be careful what you think about because your thoughts determine your life. Child of God, be careful how you think. Because your thoughts determine your life. Your thoughts shape your life. May the grace and favor of God be with you. In Jesus' most precious name, amen. I do not want to close this service without inviting anyone that's listening to our message. But you've not made Jesus Lord over your life. Here's an opportunity today to make a decision. It starts with a thought thought about it, think about it, then decide that you want to make Jesus Lord of your life, then just say this prayer with me if you've decided so. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. I give you the glory. Heavenly Father, I ask that you forgive me of my sins. Father, I know that my sins are forgiven through the blood of Jesus. Today, I am a new creation. I thank you, Jesus, that you now dwell in me. I'm looking forward to this journey with you, Jesus. Jesus most precious name. If you've said this prayer, heaven is rejoicing, the angels are rejoicing. As a body and family of Christ, we are also rejoicing. Please text us on the number below so that we can walk this journey with you. Glory to God. We thank you, Father. In Jesus most precious name. Amen. Thank you for watching such a powerful message that the pastor shared. If you enjoyed that message, I would like to encourage you to kindly sow a seed towards the ministry just so that we can keep bringing you these powerful messages. These messages encourage a whole lot of people and with your help, we will be able to reach a much wider audience and possibly lead them to the Lord. So sow your seed today. The banking details will show up on your screen right now. In the Bible, it says that each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. May God continue to bless you and your family as you give towards the kingdom of the Lord.